0: And welcome, dear listeners, to another episode of Talang's Investor Relations Podcast. In today's episode, the topic is investments. I am happy to have the Chief Investment Officer of Talang's Central Asset Manager Ampega here with me today, Dr. Thomas Mann. Thank you so much for being my guest today, Thomas, and welcome.
1: Yeah, thank you very much for the opportunity.
0: Thomas, my first question is, the central bank and fiscal reaction to the corona crisis has led to a further decline in yields and spreads. Is lower for longer, your view, or do you expect a return of inflation at some stage?
1: First we should clarify what the term lower for longer stands for. Lower for longer means that interest rates and independent if we talk on euro markets or the US dollar market means that interest rates stay on a very low level, even on a negative level. That is something which has to do very much with the politics of the central banks these days and especially the European Central Bank follows a policy which drives interest rates into a negative territory for many years now that is something if we talk on sustainability of lower for longer interest rates which is very much driven as well on the inflation expectation if you look nowadays on the inflation numbers in especially europe and the us dollar area we see a divergence or a trend which we have not seen for many years because inflation expectations come back these days. What does that mean? We have some people who argue inflation will come back in a longer term and we have some people or central bankers who argue that is a temporary issue. If we talk on a temporary issue, then the central banks will keep their interest rate mechanisms and their way how they manage interest rates, especially at the short-term interest rate curve. Then that will take the lower for longer picture as we see it. If inflation picks up, and that on a longer way, then central banks have to change their way they deal with monetary politics because then they have to fight inflation much stronger than they did that in the past. And that means they let interest rates go up. But overall, our picture is a lower for longer view will take on, especially in Europe, for the next two to three years.
0: What does this mean for your asset allocation and how are your portfolios structured today and how do you want them to develop?
1: If we talk on asset allocation of our insurance companies here in Talangs, we have to differentiate between the different groups because we don't have one asset allocation which fits to everybody. So we have to differentiate between the reinsurance business on the one hand The primary insurance business, on the other hand, and within the primary insurance, we talk on the life book and the industrial and PNC book, and we talk on asset allocation of our international division. If we talk on the asset allocation, for example, on the Hannover RE or the reinsurance parts in our group, it's quite clear that they have a much bigger risk capacity that means they traditionally own more risky assets than compared to, for example, the German Lifebooks. Traditionally, the German lifebooks in our group within Talangs Deutschland, they do not have so much risk capacity. That means they have to invest much more in lower-yielding bonds and don't own so much equity and risky positions as the reinsurance that does. A completely different picture is if you go to to our international colleagues because they manage their asset allocation for for their own, typically. If you go to Brazil, Turkey, Mexico, uh, Poland, uh, Italy is a little bit different, but on average, they manage their asset allocation dependent on their liability structure. That is something worth to mention as well. Asset allocation can always be seen in the context of the liability structure of each insurance carrier. So it's different. We don't have one asset allocation for all insurance companies.
0: Thomas, you are the central asset manager of the Talangs Group, including Hannover Re. This means you have internal clients with very different insurance businesses and very different durations of liabilities. How do you and your portfolio managers take this into account?
1: Yeah, it's quite clear that we take especially duration, but other liability numbers, uh, cash flow uh, parameters, very much into account when we calculate an asset allocation. A very short example: if you look on the German life book, we have a very long duration uh, liability which we have to match, typically something between 12 and 15 years, for example. If we talk on the non-life business in reinsurance, that is typically much shorter dated in duration, so we have to look that our assets will match this cash flow and duration profile more or less one by one. The way how we do it is a little bit different. If we talk on the primary insurance business, we help the colleagues very much with asset allocation analysis, which come from the Ampega part. If we talk on Hanoverian Re and the reinsurance business, uh, the colleagues in Hannover itself provide us with their asset allocation, and we simply use this asset allocation to invest in the relevant sectors and bonds, uh, which they give us as a guidance for asset allocation.
0: Talangs is known for its focus on technical risks. Today, investment risk stands for around 40% of the solvency capital required. Frankly speaking, is it feasible to generate above-average return on investment under such limitation?
1: that's a very good question because there is no easy answer to that question first of all we have to consider that our group gives as a benchmark a 50 percent number into capital markets so that is the maximum of market risk we want to spend in our group for this capital reservation the second is it's always a decision how do you want to spend your capital dependent on the liability structure, and the markets, and the insurance markets. So what I mean is, for example, you can spend more SCR, solvency capital required, into technical risk and that means on the same side you cannot spend this money on the asset management or on the market risk side so that is a decision we do not take as an asset manager that is a decision which is taken by the board or the group itself where do they want to spend most of their capital for the insurance companies once they have done that And sometimes markets give a better opportunity on the technical side, sometimes they give a better opportunity on the asset side. If that decision has to be taken, then we can make up our mind how to spend the money into different asset classes, what kind of timing we use, how much illiquidity and complexity we want to take in our products and in the different asset sectors. Overall, I would say, Yes, we have a trend into alternative assets these days simply because yields are so low, especially in Europe. They are a little bit higher in the U.S., roughly a percent these days, but that means typically that our customers are looking much more to the alternative asset space. What do we understand by alternative asset space? That is real estate, that is infrastructure, that is yield enhancement, fixed income type of products, private equity. These asset classes will grow over the next years if interest rates should be on that low level as as we have seen that the last years. So then the question was about the 40%. Is that something uh, to generate above average return? Yes, that is possible, but that is not a deterministic rule that you can say the higher the market risk, the better our investment results.
0: In the Tarlang's investor relations team, we get so much more questions on ESG than a few years ago. Which role does ESG play in your unit, Thomas? I mean, driven by Larry Fink and others, there has been a lot of talk about carbon neutral investment. What is your stance here?
1: Yeah, I think it's needless to say we want to be part of the solution. And we don't want to be the latest in the row who is able to honestly talk on ESG and sustainability. So if we look today on the asset management aspects of ESG, I think it's quite clear that the group itself has a carbon strategy, a sustainable carbon strategy, and we have to implement that in our assets. That means we have to do a lot with data management, because we cannot analyze all the several aspects of each issuer, so we need data intelligence behind that in order to come up with reportings, which are very much required in the European Union with regard what we call uh, taxonomy and transparenzverordnung. So there is a lot of regulation going on in that aspect i think we make good progress we have organized in the group in what we call a responsible investment committee so that is our link to the group where several people from the insurance side from the group and from the asset manager meet in order to discuss the relevant esg aspects in the asset management business
0: Thomas, you also have a third party business, so this is your cost-free advertisement block. What is your offer and why should asset manager think about approaching you?
1: I think uh, what we can really do is we sell the best of our group products. Yeah, So we have a strong philosophy in our third-party business. We only sell to our third-party customers what we have proved and identified as good products in our group asset management. So you can rely heavily on our expertise and success in these products. And I think that is nothing on theory, it's simply on practical, on Practical and proven track records. That cannot be shown by every other asset manager. And if you think on Ampega as the asset manager of the Thalangs Group, I think it's quite clear we only sell what we have bought before into the group. So, a strong track record, and uh, that is our most driving selling argument outside for third party customers.
0: Thank you so much for joining me today, Thomas. It was a pleasure having you here. To our listener, thank you for listening. Until next time, take care.